It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names... It would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show. Booyah! It's Monday, May 1st. We made it. We're a week away from our one-year anniversary. A week and a day. May 9th, yeah, yeah. How about that? That's crazy. And the critics said we wouldn't last. <laughs> You're out of here. You're done. It's Did still you, cold and rainy. Everybody enjoyed draft weekend? Yeah, it was long, man. It, it was long. Man, draft weekend, they be, I mean, when you rehash the pick so many times, it's just like. I know. You just There's keep only so much you can say about these Yeah, guys. it's just like, I, I guess. Is this I, the most uneventful Browns draft in recent memory? Well, it was so uneventful for me. I spent it in Buffalo on a World War II Navy ship with my son wow. on a scout's overnight. <laughs> Dang, bro. I have never seen beds stacked so high. They were four sta- – like, there really? was this much room between the beds. This wow. much room. They were stacked four high. The cots we slept on were about this thick. So, yeah, Saturday night, I did not get a lot of sleep. So, ho, 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 ho. So there was 45 grown men and their sons in this room, about the size of this room. 45. Wow. 40, you, can, you can imagine the sleep apnea I heard Saturday and, night. And so, excuse <laughs> me, people stop breathing in there. Y'all need oxygen tank. Clear! <laughs> and there was, no, there was no outlets in the room. It's a World War II ship. There was no outlets, so all these guys are looking for their plugs for their sleep apnea machines. There's no outlets. Now imagine doing that for months at a time on deployment oh, fighting I know. a war. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Can you imagine? Crazy. That, uh, Crazy. So those that served, we salute. thank you. Salute. That was yeah. a whole nother. I, I always tell people nowadays, you soft. People, hey, I'm soft. We don't have a generation of young people that would sign up for oh, this. No, no. And, no. and December 8th, 1941, recruitment stations were overflowing. That's incredible. Bob like that, Feller went yep, and signed up. Yep. I mean, just just look at the, like, even when I look at, rural, even on the other side, I look at, I watched a documentary about um, the biggest warship ever for the Japanese Navy and how they basically <laughs> signed up to go to their deaths. Yeah. Like, they yeah. knew they would not win and, and just how hard they just fought. All it's the just, kamikaze pilots that flew missions yep. to specifically yep. kill themselves and take yep. out as many U.S. soldiers as they could. And hey. here's me on the ship. Man, I got no service down here. <laughs> hey. What's going on with this boat? I got to go up to the deck to get service. And this, and this PSA was brought to you by the truth. In about five years, they're going to strip all of that from the record. And we never had World War II. It was just a skirmish. <laughs> and it was a, it skirmish. Was a, it was a skirmish. And it was a, a dust up. Dust up between two friends. 
What a atomic bomb. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll ban all this in about three weeks. A busy, busy show. We're going to give our draft grades. Also, we have a draft expert coming on later. He's going to give his grade, not only the Browns, but the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Steelers. How did our competition do? We're so focused on what the Browns are doing. Oftentimes, it takes us a day or two mm-hmm. to dig in what the other teams in the division uh, were up to. Our expert is going to take us through and give us draft grades on all of the AFC North teams. Guardians in a tailspin. Don't look now. They've dropped six of the last seven series. Mm. And I know that it's May, and you never push the panic button in May, but there are guys that are feeling around for where that button might be. (laughs) Uh, The good news is the division stinks again, and they're only three and a half games out. So that's a week's worth of work if they can get it together. But right now, I think they have 17 home runs in 26. Seven games, 28 uh, games, 28 you, games, 28 games, 17 home runs. Have this, you ever seen anything like that? I've never seen a power shortage like this. Yeah, never. It's, I've never it's seen worse it. than last year at this point. I, I might call Albert Bell. Just give him a look. <laughs> Kick the tires. Can he still hit it 380 feet? Because we don't have anybody that can. So we'll talk about the Guardians. Um, we're also going to talk. Kevin Love plays on. Kevin yeah. Love. Now, one off or not, we don't know. We don't know how much he can give the Heat. But the Heat go into Madison Square Garden and steal game one. Kevin Love gives the Heat exactly what the Cavs needed, um, but decided they no longer wanted. So we'll talk a little bit about that, and um, we're going to take internet comments, what you are saying about the NFL draft. And I know some of you are already ordering your Super Bowl tickets. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Every year after the draft, oh, this is it. We got it. This is it. This is Because you hear the 25 seconds that all yeah. the analysts say. Yeah. And, you know, they yeah. show you all the highlights. They don't show you the plays where they got knocked on the ground if they're a pass rusher or, you know, they don't show you the bad stuff. They show you the good stuff. He runs a 4 6 40, his vertical, and everybody buys the hype. And, yep. and everybody's winning the Super Bowl on May 1st. And, you know, Jay, the crazy thing about it is they don't even say anything remotely non positive. Ra- rarely do Rarely. They. Like, it's it's about, they'll give you a backstory. If they're not that good, they'll give you a backstory. If you are semi good, they won't give you too much of backstory. They'll just show you highlights. If you don't have a good backstory and you don't have highlights, they'll just say that this is a great upside pick. So traditionally, everybody that walks across that stage, you never hear Kuiper and McShay or the guys say, I don't know what the hell the, the Titans were doing here. Yeah, it rarely happens. It it, happens. I love it when it does, yeah. but it, it happens so infrequently. And again, when your first pick is the third round, you're not hitting a home run in this draft. You're not. Um, it, you're filling a couple of spots. Do we have enough wide receivers yet? I think so. I'm trying to figure that out. I think we've got think eight so. or nine. We talked all last year. Need to get Deshaun more weapons. Well, they did that. Yeah. I, I think mean, so. we'll get into the minutiae of it here in just a second. Um, Bull is not out. He's not feeling well today. What's his bet? Bull is out, and as I get over to the Bet Rivers uh, ad here, Anthony's still out. Earl's upstairs. He's going to get connected. So if you see the monitors change late, that's because I'm doing it manually <laughs> while reading. Bull won his last bet, and he is literally on fire, 19-8 and eight now in baseball, and he's going back to the baseball pool today with our Bet Rivers pick of the day. Hey, Ohio, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for every single game. Right now is the perfect time to join Bet Rivers Sportsbook because if you use deposit code SPORTS, You'll receive a second chance bet up to $500. Get in on all the action with weekly specials on your favorite sports like basketball and hockey. To help you win big, check them out at BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today for the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Today's bet, he's taking the Blue Jays, giving a run and a half 
at the Red Sox. Corey Kluber, former friend of the great city of Cleveland on the mound for the Red Sox, but Bull is going with the Blue Jays. And with that, Jay, it is time to turn our attention to the NFL draft. And when we're talking Browns and their draft picks, we are talking about Lincoln Electric as well. Our good friends at Lincoln Electric who are the leading manufacturers in welding and manufacturing jobs in the electricity field. Check them out at Lincoln Electric. Let's get to the draft. Jay. Yeah, uh, we, t- we sort of touched on it, guys. Um, my bi- I'll start with my biggest takeaway, and then I'll ask you guys. Um, I was shocked that not a linebacker was called. Um, you know, when I looked at the linebackers that they had in the draft, I noticed it was a, a, a draft where you couldn't find. You, there wasn't very many impact linebackers or three-down linebackers. I was a little surprised that they didn't take a, a flyer on somebody. Um, I, I thought that they would at least in the fourth or sixth rounds um, or the seventh round take a look at, uh, you know, a linebacker. And then they traded the seventh round pick or excuse me, traded the um, seventh round pick this year for a six round pick lack what, next year with what, the Ravens. What was uh, Jason? What's the logic behind doing that? No one on the board that they felt was going to make the team. So not going to waste a pick wow. kick can down the road and try again next year. Because now we had the numbers, and this is kind of off the topic, but we're, there was a severe numbers game. Like, at, you mentioned that receiver. At receiver, when you look at who's on the roster, there are guys that you know that are going to have to have to fight to, to, to make this roster. There's 12, 13 receivers today on that roster. We don't have a receiver room. We have a receiver auditorium. Yes. Like, I, this, is, this is crazy. Yeah, they got a bunch. And what of are they going to keep? Six, S- maybe, maybe seven. I mean, maybe maybe seven. Well, it depends on uh, wow. the punt returner they signed last year. If he's back healthy, Jakeem Grant. Yeah, yeah. Jakeem Grant. Is he? I don't remember if it was a one-year or two-year deal. Now, I think it was two. I think he's still on. I roster. think he's still, he's still on the roster. roster. Yeah, okay. he's still on the roster. Two-year deal. So that's going to be one because you you imagine he's back as the punt returner. Okay. So off the top of my head, you just uh, you just got Tillman, right? Well, he, you got Cooper, I start at the start top. At the top. Yeah, start yeah. at the top. So you got Cooper is the one. DPJ maybe is the two. Elijah Moore. Those are your three starting receivers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, if Grant makes the team, you also brought in Marquise Goodwin. He's and you just drafted team. Tillman. Yeah. And you've got Bell sitting there and Schwartz. Who well, wants to tell him? <laughs> I think he knows. Does he know? I think he knows. I mean, he's packing a bag and coming to camp. <laughs> I, I think also that means Demetrius Felton. Um, you were a punt returner. You were a running back. You did have some. Res- I think Demetrius Felton is a casualty. I think uh, I'm leaving Sh- out some names too. Schwartz is a casualty. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a what was the just uh, Dalen Baldwin on this team. Michael Woods, who's injured. He's on IR, so he won't count towards anything. What'd you think of the Tillman pick? You know, I, I I see what they was going for. Um, I was hot because Jalen Hyde was sitting right there, yeah, I know. and they jumped up and One grabbed pick him. Ahead of him. One ahead. pick. I would have preferred. I would have preferred the speed guy um, myself. Um, now here's the problem. I always got people. You know, when you talk to people, and everybody's a draft expert, right? Y'all ain't watched no games all year. They ain't watched nothing. The draft experts and everybody come out, especially for the Browns. And I know what it is. We all are certain, to a certain extent Kool Aid drinkers when when there's guys on the board that we all like or there's guys that you may have wanted. But I've heard some crazy things like, oh, this guy was actually the best receiver. I had him on my board at number two, and I'm like, stop. 
Please. Do First stop. of all, do you have a board? No, you do not have a board. <laughs> if Come you on. do have a board, you seek talk, help. Yeah, talk about your board. Seek help if you only have a board. Bo- only board you got is a Scrabble and Monopoly joint. Now, at the end of the day, I like his size. Um, he's not going to be a blazer. He, he he struggles a little bit to get off press man coverage. Doesn't really separate at the top of his routes too much. But he is a long strider. He is 6'3". Um, the Browns don't have... From a size standpoint, from a size, I size standpoint, he could be a red zone target. I think he's, I think he's of the mold of a DPJ, but a little bit bigger. I don't have a problem with the pick, like you said. At the end of the day, it's a third round pick. Um, you, I can't give A's and all this other stuff because I think this, when you started the third round, you're taking this class past right. fail. It's past fail. I agree. I think, I think just because you don't have the capital at the top of the draft. Right. The best you can hope for here is a B well, yeah, uh, as B. a total grade. We'll get mm-hmm. to those later. But how are you going to sco- get an A if you're not picking yeah. until 74 or wherever they went? What, do you like to pick? I mean, the first thing I thought of when I saw him was red zone target. Yeah. So, if, you know, if you can line him up in the red zone and he's a back corner fade route guy and go catch it at the high point, yeah, sure. sign me up. Why not? Because we saw DPJ struggle with What game was it where he struggled with that? That exact play. Back corner of the end zone, and, and he didn't catch it at the high point. It was a fourth down play, I think, yeah. and then batted it down. So if he can do that, automatically he's going to get on the field. And by the way, that that's the same kind of guy that can move the sticks. You run Absolutely. that same route sure. to the first down marker, and so if he's a if he if he is strictly a possession and uh, you know a go up and get the ball kind of receiver. That's fine. We, there, there's a need for that in, in in this system. And and I don't know I don't know if Tillman can do this or not. But I know one of the things that the Browns were focusing on was when plays break down, when Deshaun starts to freelance, he needs receivers who can react. And mm-hmm. they felt like the guys they had in the room last year were not great at freelancing. But if you can get in a jump ball scenario where Tillman can just out jump the guy, he's just got bigger size, and Deshaun can make a play. I don't see that as a bad thing. I don't have a problem yeah. with the pick. I, I like the pick. I think that's about as, as good as they were going to do. They certainly have not had a good track record on third-round receivers. No, they have not. So, we'll you go know, back to the well and try again. Yeah, see what happens. Um, I, I, I've got to think that – I mean, I know Bell's just a year in, and it's you really hate to give up on a guy a year in who's a third-round pick. Yeah. But I don't – you almost have to start making decisions here that are right. – you know, you're going to have to let somebody go that you at one point really liked. And that's a good thing. That yeah. really is a good thing. It is a good thing. It's, Be- it's, it's because last year they were in a position where they held on to Schwartz because there was no one obviously better. You know, like that's part of it was there was no one clear cut better to hold on to. Well, now if you're building depth on this and you're putting yourself in a position where you know Schwartz probably is not coming back, that's I don't see that as a bad thing. I, th- I think competition and depth, there's nothing wrong with Mike. that. So I have a, a good friend of mine who I worked with back in Tennessee who is now the sports director at a TV station in Knoxville. So I called him right after the Tillman pick and just want to add a tiny bit of context to what he told me as someone who's known Cedric for the last four years, right. watched him, and, and kind of saw him That's develop That's the kind of insight we're looking for. So he was injured this year. And he's had some injury histories throughout his entire career at Tennessee, that, that scares which is something you do have to take into consideration. But last <laughs> season, 2021, he was a second-team All-SEC guy. He was their number one option in the past game right. in Heupel's first season. And you got to remember, Tennessee was pretty terrible under Jeremy Pruitt his first three years at Tennessee. They bring in a new coach, Josh Heupel, completely opens that offense, playing with Hendon Hooker. He was a second-team All-SEC receiver as a junior, over 1,000 yards, 12 touchdowns. And he said the one thing that has been consistent in Tillman's career from watching him in practice, games, warm-ups, you know, he's out on the field, field level for the up close and personal. Right. Like, 
This dude's a basketball player who plays football. And as Jason alluded to with jump balls, he does a really, really good job at high-pointing and winning contested catches. Good. Which, when you look at the rest good. of the Browns' receiving core, they didn't really have a guy like that. No. So no, no. They don't he have may, a guy like that. You know, we look at the ranks. He was as ranked as highly as 59 or 44, on, according to Warren Sharp, and as low and as And we're guessing the slip was because of the, the health it's issues. In, it's right? injuries. It's, yeah. it's can he stay healthy. And speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not, he's not a burner. And he's not a burner. But yeah. that's okay. I, I, I still think that's okay. I mean, I do too. You know, if Goodwin makes the team, he's a burner. I don't think Schwartz is going to make the team. No. Um, Goodwin can stretch defenses. You know, you just you need you need slot guys, and I don't I don't mean to play in the slot. I mean guys that run precise routes that are going to be where they're supposed to be on timing routes. That's Cooper. You need a high point guy. That's probably we hope is going to be our new wide receiver. Speed guy can be Goodwin. DPJ can do some things. So it, together, you've got a bunch of guys that can do a whole bunch of things. It makes the offense a lot more wide open. It's just, you know, you're just diversifying the skill sets you got in the room. So, you know, maybe, you know, you could go, you know, with three wide receiver sets. You can go with a big, big, big wide receivers. You can put him in the game, DPJ uh, and, and Mari Cooper. You can go with a bunch formations, three receivers, and you want quick guys that can, you know, really get uh, open in, in man-to-man coverage on, on linebackers or safeties. You can go with Goodwin. You can go with Elijah Moore. You can go with even a guy like David Bell. So there's a lot of different, you, you just basically at this point, you just searching for a few things you like, a couple of characteristics. If you can get somebody that got a characteristic that you lack, you go take it. And you say, okay, well, we'll see if we can develop it and then we'll figure it out from there. But, you know, it's not like these are first round picks and these guys aren't going to, if, if we counting on these dudes to play significant minutes, we're in trouble. <laughs> because yeah, they're mo- mostly situational guys. Yeah. Um, I was a little surprised um, that we took a defensive tackle and a defensive end after all the free agent signings we made on the defensive front. I know you can never have enough guys, and I guess it's Philly. I don't know that they're the, uh, uh, is Philly at the front wave of that. Oh yeah. I mean, what they did last year, and then what did they do in this draft? Oh, they went God. and made themselves even more dominant that position. Yes. GMs will often tell you to win in the NFL must have a a quality quarterback. You must have quality guys that get after quarterbacks. Philadelphia really drove that home last year. And it doesn't surprise me that the Browns are going that way because Jim Schwartz was in Philly when they were building that team this way. This is a strength in numbers group. Um, They'll be able to rotationally keep these guys fresh. And Jason, that's... That's the new it thing. In, they've in the never NFL. been able. They've never had the depth up front. Too. I remember when Larry Ogunjobi was playing like ninety-seven percent of the snaps. Like <laughs> it's insane. Right. And Miles was out there far too much, and they've never had enough depth up front to be able to roll guys in in waves and keep guys fresh. And I think that's what they're trying to do here. Yeah. I'm not at all surprised that they drafted one of each. Uh, is, it was by far, uh, the, I mean, especially in the middle. It was clearly one of the biggest weaknesses of the team. They addressed it in free agency. They've also addressed it in the draft. And, again, every year since they've been here, they've taken a defensive tackle. Was it fourth round and higher, I think we said, third or fourth yeah. round and higher. It's the only position that they've done that every it's single year. that whether it's Dee Podesta or Andrew Barry, somebody in the organization is in love with doing it that way, with good, good, strength up front. And someone in the organization forgot that there's a position of linebacker. Man. Like, it's really – they had five guys end the season last year on injured reserve. And when you look at the depth of the position right now, 
It looks like it did last year. They, 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 they haven't they haven't added anybody. If if man, if, if they don't if they have a couple injuries and guys get injured again, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to hear that. Like they gotta well, hold you, that. Next year could be next season could be what the defensive line was last year. It could be. Next could year, be. everybody could be saying, well, what do you expect? Well, you, you had no middle of your defense. And plus, all those guys have been injured. Like, they've been in. It's not like JOK has been not been injury prone. It's not how Phillips has been injured his whole career. Anthony Walker has been injured a couple years. Like, there's not like these guys are like those were aberrations. Like, those were legit things that you could say about it. Is that a group. product of the NFL going to the undersized linebacker? Like, you don't see guys too. 245 anymore at that position. They tend to be around 230, and I, don't, I haven't followed it closely enough to know if this is, I don't think it's an epidemic across the league, but last year, our linebacking core was wiped out. I think it's a product of, I think it's a product of how your scheme and how terrible you were up front. So, like, linebackers are not supposed to be dealing with offensive linemen, like, every single play. Our defensive line was so bad that now you got undersized guys that are either getting hands put on them or always in the fray or think about it. Even if you're a linebacker, you're taking you. Here's how you know the linebackers was taking a beating. Look at your top two tacklers. Yeah, no, I know that your, your tacklers yeah. are safeties. That means they're people, getting to the third layer of the defense way too often. <laughs> that's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, and plus, let, we'll talk about the Eagles a little bit. These dudes, I mean, they have Brandon Graham. They drafted Jordan Davis last year, who's the biggest dude I've ever seen. Uh, then they still got Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat. That's their first round, right? That's their first wave. They got Hassan Reddick. Then they drafted, that's the outside linebacker. He's, he's more of a, you know, stand-up rush guy. Nolan Smith, that they just took, he yeah. runs a 4-3. Uh, and he's like two four two fifty. Um, Jalen Carter after he was supposed to be the number one pick in the draft. And he yeah. was supposed to be the number one pick in the draft. He's probably the top pick in the draft. And, and, and you st- I, I don't like these dudes are freaking stacked up front. Like these That's dudes, as good as it gets. Like you not really run like I, I commend them because they could have just stood pat and just said we cool. Let's tweak some stuff here. And we'll get back to the draft. We'll get back to um, we'll get back to the Super Bowl because you know we 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 got it. We got our quarterback. That's all we need. These dudes just just kept going. Well, they're also drafting for replacements. They know in Fletcher. They've got some guys that are aging out. Yep. Graham Cox. Yeah, Graham and Cox. Yep. One. yep. So they're they're already thinking ahead. They're drafting their replacements now. And in the meantime, you get all of them. Yeah. So it's going to be really difficult for opposing teams to step back in the pocket and and hope that you're going to get three and a half, four seconds to throw the football. It'll never happen with this team. They're going to be in your face from the time they get off the bus. Um, this this kid from Baylor, Siaki Ika. He goes by Apu, by the way. No one calls him Siaki. Okay, Apu? A-P-U. I learned that. I also Apu. have a friend who works in Waco and covered him. Yeah. Oh, great. So I'll okay. give you the insight on him at the end, but he goes by Apu. So, I mean, I only know of this kid what they said about him on draft day. I don't re- – he didn't. I, I don't even know that I watched Baylor play extensive games this year. If, he certainly wasn't a guy that stood out to me when I did watch them, if I even saw him. But the, the guys, we, you know, nobody seemed to think that they were over their skis with this pick. And a lot of meat. 
He's a big run stuffer. Isn't that what he yes. is at the mm-hmm. end of the day? And that's where we have it's been just hard to move really, him. really woeful. Can't move him. Um, you put him and Thomas in the game, I feel like you got him, you're not going to be able to just have guys block him and chip to the next level. That's not going to happen. You're going to have to keep two people on him. Yeah. And then that's where you hope the speed and athleticisms of your Phillips uh, and, and, and JOK can can get back in the backfield and get to, to tackling people instead of being in the third level to, uh, of the secondary. So I, I think he's a he's a big dude. Um, he's he's a traditional nose tackle. Um, he he ha- he has a little bit better pass rush upside than people give him. Not because he has a bunch of plethora of moves. It's because he can he can collapse the pocket. He just bull rush. Yeah, right? his yeah. bull rush is, is is dominant. So. <laughs> That's a great shot. There. Now look at that leverage. Now think about it. Look how close his knee is to that ground. He's low center of he, gravity. He, right? he is very low. You cannot move a guy. And the great thing about him is he got over 30 quarterback pressures um, in the last two seasons uh, when he was playing for Baylor. He was a transfer from LSU. Um, so he played on that national championship team. So he's he has a good pedigree. He's strong. He's strong as an ox. Got a bull rush. He's very stout on the run. Um, somebody said, well, you telling me that he's Danny Shelton then? I said, well, no, not really necessarily. I said, because Danny Shelton was a top 20 pick. You got this dude at pick number 98. Yeah, but I, I, I think not, not in terms maybe of quality of play right mm-hmm. now, but yeah. I think Shelton to me was the natural comparison when I saw him mm-hmm. and watched a little bit of his tape. He does resemble Danny Shelton. He does Shelton. resemble a whole lot. Now, if he can get, if he can be as good as Danny Shelton, we, I think that would be a a huge home run for us at that spot. Yeah, I mean, it's like a, like we said, pick 98, you're just looking at he. If you can get one or two downs from this dude. He's going to play. One or two. He's, yeah. He's one or two downs and then get him out because it's, you know, it's a no gain or a one-yard gain and bring in some other guys to rush the passer. I would think he'd play a lot on first and second downs, run, run situations, and then in passing downs, he'll probably be off the field. Um, Jason, what, what was your biggest takeaway? If you had to write a headline for this draft, what what would the headline be for this draft? Uh, Browns moved away a little bit from what they've done in the past. I thought so too. <laughs> and I don't know necessarily that's a bad thing. Um, I I what I felt they were doing was I don't know I don't want to say they've abandoned their old analytics priorities, but to me it felt like the kind of player that they had been drafting and the things that they were looking for from those guys, that was, they didn't follow that script this year. And by the way, I'm glad they didn't because it hasn't worked. Yeah. And I, there's, we talked about it at length. There's a lot of pressure to win. And I think that they went and got guys who they may not be starters, but they're going to be on the field. Tillman's going to be on the field. We just talked about red zone situations, third down situations, points where he can help them. He has a unique skill set that can help them. They got a massive bag of meat in the middle now yeah. that they didn't have before that can help them. He can provide the depth. So they, I think they were very targeted in the positions, and I know they didn't go after a linebacker. I was a little bit surprised. I think it's probably more of the nature of the way that the board fell than trying to dismiss that position, but it has been devalued in the NFL. Like, linebacker is the running back of the defense. No question. They're, and you're only playing two but on the field. Still need, you still need them. Yeah, I mean, you used to play four. And now there's Some teams a lot. Did, yeah, yeah, now there's instances where you're only playing two, and most of the time, most, the Browns clearly like to play yeah, two. Yeah, if you've got if you're in there if you're in nickel ninety plus percent of the time, and you've got your four up front, you're only leaving one or two spots. If yeah. they can, if the meat up front can clear the way, and it's a big if 
for guys like JOK. We saw something out of Taki when they moved in the middle. I'm curious to see how they use that information this year. Right. You know, where is Taki going to play just because he seemed to be a different player when he was in the middle, but now that position theoretically isn't open. I think the thing that I'm falling back on is maybe I'm trying to convince myself that things are going to be okay. But the one thing that I, that I believe uh, in is Jim Schwartz and his system. Mm -hmm. I think the chances that he gets it right with the personnel they have in the middle of that defense are much higher than Joe Woods getting it right. I we, think, we saw Joe couldn't get it right. Yeah, I think guys, what they what they admitted, on the sneak tip, on the sneak, I think they admitted we were wrong. Yeah, I think they did too. We we, we did not have the right philosophy. It's a pivot. We it, we they turned over. Uh, they tried to turn over multiple position rooms. When you look at the defensive tackle room, they threw so many guys in there. Because they said these aren't the body types. These aren't the necessarily skill sets that we want. And when you draft that many receivers, what you're telling yourself is, hey, guys, look, we missed on those guys. We need to do something to, to infuse some other stuff because we've had back-to-back -back classes. That's been a little bit of subpar. And I think they're admitting to people in their moves and their actions that yes, we were a little, we were wrong on a lot of these guys. We're, we're looking to get some guys in here with a different philosophy. Yeah, I felt the same thing. And look, it, I give them credit for this. Sometimes GMs are so stubborn that they refuse to change what they're doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the desperation that we're seeing here is that Andrew Barry said, okay, I had a book. I went by the book and it didn't work. Yep. And so now we have to open ourselves up to the idea that we may have been wrong and that there may be a better way, and I think this is what we saw here. Now, if it doesn't work, it's going to look like they're grasping at straws, and they're probably still all going to be done. But at least, you know, the definition of insanity, we all know what it is. Mm -hmm. They didn't go down that road one more time. Mike? We're going to get to the day three picks here in a sec, but we have a new sponsor I need to tell you guys about. Oh, Rain Community College is officially on the UCSS train. Nice. Best decision they've ever made, and this is the best decision that you can make if you don't have a college degree and want one, check out Lorraine Community College. Your class is your future. Register now for summer and fall classes. You can learn more at lorraineccc.edu to learn more. My well, alma mater. Yes. I went there. Like did you really? I did. I did two years there. Got a pre-journalism degree. Everything transferred to Kent. If you want to be like me and make up things about Donovan Mitchell, go to LCC. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I no, like we will that. get to that in a bit. I promise. <laughs> I love that. Stand down on that point. That's uh, crazy. Real quick, though. For everyone out watching, never made a up ton a of thing people. world that you've written, anyhow. A ton of people tuning in, watching right now. We appreciate you guys. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Absolutely. We're going to skip DeWan Jones on the day three stuff. We're going yeah, we'll to end our draft coverage with DeWan Jones. So yeah. when you see us skip that, we have not forgotten DeWan Jones. We will get to him yeah. as it relates to that's an interesting fifth pick. year option. We will get to that, I yeah. promise. But let's uh, start with Isaiah McGuire, who was yeah. the first day three pick. We'll run through the rest of them, and then we will end with DeWan Jones. What, what did you guys make of that? I'd like, I, I'll be honest, never saw him play. Didn't know, knew nothing about him at all. Um, I've read extensively about him since. I've, I've heard all the comments that the guys made on the telecast. Um, this is your area of expertise, so I'll let you start. Uh, so shout out to the uh, Locked On Browns uh, podcast, your team every single day. So we featured Isaiah McGuire as part of some of the defensive ends that might be available with the Browns. Um, picks. You had him on your list then. So, oh yeah, when you do a show five times a, a week, <laughs> for every day, you got a lot of people on the list. It's a <laughs> lot of hours to fill. <laughs> so, 
So Isaiah McGuire, he, he's the prototypical. First of all, you love the single digit. Yes, he had a single digit. So then when you look at it, you're like, okay, I got to watch you now. He had the number nine. So he, he's a prototypical size, six foot four, six five range, 270, 272, 274. Um, the thing about him is I think he's going to be one of those guys that is, is really good at stopping the run. You know, he, he's kind of in a way like Jadavian Clowney. He's not as athletic anywhere near as athletic. He's as long, him. right? Yeah, more of a four, se- more four seven guy. But he has a really good upper body uh, punch. Like when he punches, he can separate. I think he's going to be a good in the run. Uh, his bull rush is his best move. Um, his bull rush in his motor is, is actually his best two attributes. So anytime that you, you don't have any other mix up moves and you don't have the level of bend, and your knees to run the hoop and, and, and you know really get um, low to the ground, low centrifugal force to get to the quarterback. You're going to slip to the fourth round. But there's one thing that he really does very well, and that's motor. He's very strong. He can disengage. Um, he, he's good, good, good mobility in the box from left to right. He's not going to be a huge pass rusher. Uh, I think he only had five or six sacks his his, his second year um, uh, wild wild starter, but. You know, when you can get a guy like this who can help and contribute, I think you build the depth. Now you say, okay, I got, uh, you know, I got Isaiah Thomas, right? I got Alex Wright. I got uh, Isaiah McGuire. You have Oboe out there. So you got now those young guys that are kind of jockeying for that position because you want to spell Miles Garrett too. Miles Garrett, you, you want to get him off the field. So now you say, okay, well, let me see what Alex Wright can do. I'm going to see if Isaiah Thomas is going to be that type of position. And I'm, and this guy is in the mix. He's a guy that I think he contribute today um, if he's just, if you're just using him as a pass rusher. So I love the pick. It's another depth pick. Um, and now you kind of see, once again, you don't have Chase Winoviches out there <laughs> just moving <laughs> around, just doing nothing. You're starting to get a little more depth, and so I like to. Pick. But, but, but in all fairness, Chase Winovich coming out of Michigan was, was a, a piece. Yes, he was. Like, he we was thought nice. this kid was going to be yep. a player. Yep. And then I don't and know he what just happened. Did not pan out. Yep. I don't know. He just was like he got a little. He weird. was all hair, no game. <laughs> yeah, he just started growing his hair. <laughs> Looked like Tarzan, playing like James. My goodness. <laughs> uh, do you like it, Jay? I mean, I think if nothing else, what they've done is taken their area of weakness last year, and I'll give them credit for this. Was cl- clearly, it was the defensive line. Yeah, that's going to be the most competitive position group on this team this year. And that's what I like about it. And I, I even say the same with receivers. What I said earlier: there's nothing wrong with competition. Mm-hmm. So bring all these guys yeah. in, and the best guys get the spots. Yeah. And I don't know that we necessarily had a lot of that last year, especially across the defensive line. I don't know that there was really a lot of camp battles and position spots and spots up for grabs. And you're going to have that this year. And, you know, a guy like Isaiah Thomas, I don't know. Is he a sure thing to make this team? No. You you know what I hope they do, Jason? Teams rarely do this. But here's what I hope they do. I hope they put these guys out on the field and forget about where they drafted them. (laughs) Just take the guys that can ball and tell them that going into camp. I don't care if you were a first-round draft pick. I don't care if you're Miles Garrett. He's clearly going to make this team. Yeah. But – what we're going to do is we're going to evaluate it, and at the end of the day, there's going to be eight of you that climb to the top of the mountain. I think, and, that, the, and I don't care where you came from and where you were drafted. The eight best are I, sticking with this I think team. The, I think they're finally set up to kind of do that. Before you saw a lot, you what you would see with traditionally with the Browns because they were drafting people to help them out, and they they had people that they drafted that they thought was going to play very pivotal roles with the organization right away, it, right away. So. 
you, you already got a guy slotted. Then what happens if he goes out and, and pulls a hamstring, tweaks this, tweaks this? He misses the whole training camp. Now he's behind the eight ball. He's out of shape. He really doesn't know the playbook. And now he, you're going to have to use the regular season to ramp him up. Now I can say, look, hey, Isaiah Thomas, Alex Wright. I think I like Alex Wright, but I might not. You might not be better than McGuire. Right. We're going to figure out today. And this, so now you got guys who know they can't miss practice. You got guys who know they have to show up to OTAs because now there's competition where, look, Jordan Elliott at one point in time was given the de starting defensive tackle role. They got Hill. They got Hurst. They got Ika. Uh, they, they got, they, they even got Tomlinson. That's four right there. You still got Perrion Winfrey. You still got Tommy Togiai. Well, for now. Uh, for now. Yeah, I think Winfrey's dead I'm, man walking. So, there's, we're we going to get to this. Uh, him and Schwartz can go. Winfrey, yeah. Winfrey. Apartment shopping they're, together. They're looking at USFL teams right now. <laughs> Listen, hey, Boogie, you might have a new teammate. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I, I also think that Schwartz is the right guy to judge this talent. He's not coming in with any baggage and preconceived ideas. They're all new to him. Right, right. And I hope, I hope that the Browns give him the keys to this entire thing and say, here's your pile of clay, build your statue, and the clay you don't use – we're getting rid of. Oh, I think they will. I think I have no doubt that they're going to tell him. He's you the head have, coach of the defense, yeah, right? Yeah, you have full control, full autonomy. Who you want is who we keep. Who you don't want is who goes. And I think for the most part, they do have the may the best man win mentality. Outside, listen, if you're a first-round pick, obviously you've got a little bit longer Facts. of a leash. The fact that there is no incoming yeah, first-round yeah. pick, you know, you're probably not going to have that. I do think it's going to be very much a competition and very much I'm, – I'm kind of looking forward to it, especially at that defensive end, D-tackle spot. Of it's all sort of wide open. You would imagine Tomlinson's probably going to start, right? They gave him the big money deal. But so. outside of that, who's starting next to him? Can we say with 100% clarity who's starting no, next to him? we can't. I, I kind of like that. And, and the other thing, too, is, and, and we saw this with Philly, like, you can have ones and one A's. Yes. Because this is this is more like Philly has one C. It's, like it's amazing how, <laughs> right. you know, back in the day in baseball, your starting pitcher was your pitcher. Right, right. And he went all nine innings, and then somebody looked around and said, you know, there's got to be a better wheel. Why are we working these guys, letting them go through the lineup four times? They're tired. The game is in the balance in the eighth and ninth innings. What if we brought in a fresh arm from the bullpen and it changed baseball forever? Mm -hmm. I I'm surprised that it's taken this long to get to the NFL, but this is a max effort position. Yeah. And these guys only have so many fires in their body mm -hmm. every Sunday. How many times can you stoke that fire? And we see it and with hockey, and I know nothing about hockey. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's like you're sending in a new wave, yes. a new line. Hockey, it's like every two minutes they're on because they well, go so hard. Because it's 100% max effort. Yeah. I remember when I was young and I first started playing hockey, I hated the fact that I ever had to leave the ice. Yeah. I don't want to come off the ice. Yeah. And then I, the more I played, I'm like, Kept me off the ice. <laughs> My tongue is hanging on ice dead. Yeah. And so you really get and and football is the perfect sport to do this with. Because yes, there is in, in hockey, there's no time between plays. You're constantly moving. But in football, because that is such a max effort position on every single play, yeah. you wear out. And the fact that now they're gonna have a one and a one A unit and they're gonna mix and match, it's you're going to see, kind of like in the NBA playoffs, where they talk about combinations. The Browns are going to have combinations of guys. And who did that better than anybody I've ever seen than Jim Schwartz yeah. last year? Coaches are 
perfected this thing. Now can they play? Yeah, can right. they play? It sounds great, Coaches. but you know what? Can any of them play? Instead of getting four guys at maybe 65% in the fourth quarter, yeah. they're going to have eight guys that are at 80%, and you can fill and mix and match with combinations. And I think it's brilliant, and I think it's going to work. Coaches, Coaches always say, don't save yourself. You say, what does that mean? There's a lot of dudes out there that will take plays off because they are tired because they want to stay on the field. We don't need that. If you're yeah. tired, we'll get, get you off up. the field. Yep. Then you come back and you give me everything you got on the next rep. Right. I think that's, the, you know, in last year we saw guys with the hands on the hips and, and Atlanta running the ball 14 straight times and, and, and they tired, they suck it air. But guess what? You didn't have nobody to put in. Right. Who are you going to back them up with? You, that, that's all you had. The head scratcher for me, guys, was Dorian Thompson Robinson. Now, as a player, I did see him a lot this year, and I loved him. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love his grit. His He's got that. He's not going to lose. He's going to do whatever it takes to win. Um, but I was I was shocked that they drafted a quarterback. Was Dobbs just a one-year signing? They usually are, I'm not right? at all surprised. I think well, I said on he, the show that I thought that they might draft Well, then he's the heir apparent. Like, he is. He's the backup. Like, he's yeah. the backup. If you can get yeah. a guy who, yeah. I, I mean, Chad Henney was a lot higher of a pick. I think he went, I think he was like a second rounder, actually. He's a second round yeah. pick. Okay. But it's the same type of concept. If you can, de- if you can draft your backup, develop him, he knows the system, you can plug him in if you need him, you're not spending a ton of money there. We've said it before. If Deshaun goes down, the season goes down with it. You don't want to invest a ton of money in the backup spot. But if you can have consistency in that spot, and he's a dual threat in the same mode as Deshaun, so he fits that role perfectly. If you can get four, five, six years out of him where he knows the system inside and out, for the fifth round, I have no issue with this I th- pick. I thought that was a, a value pick. Yeah. I, thought, I mean, I thought he would go higher than where he went. I, I think now you're finally seeing it. A couple of weeks ago, I was watching Ohio State play the spring game. And Kyle McCord comes out, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, who is this guy? This is not what it is. And people say, oh, no, G. Bush, listen, give him, give him, give him a chance. He's going to, like, you guys are just so negative a bit. I said, no, listen, what y'all don't understand, this is a philosophy. When you look at Ohio State, you got Dwayne Haskins. You you look at, uh, after that, they have Justin Fields. Fields. Then you get, uh, you get another quarterback, C.J. Stroud. All of those guys have a certain level of arm talent, certain level of throwing the ball. So, so if you know what you excel at, you know what type of mold you have at quarterback, then you got to set up your succession plan so that when one guy graduate, we got another dude that's already running the same kind of stuff, could do some of the same things. Because guess what, Jay? What if you got linemen that are sophomores, juniors, returning guys? Now, they're used to playing with a Fields. They're used to playing with a C.J. Stroud. And guess what? When your new quarterback comes in, because they have similar traits, everybody's on the same page. We're right. running the same all. Ain't no, well, we got to go to a more of a balanced attack. And I think this is exactly what they did with the Browns. You look at this guy, by the way, I just call him DTR. I, you know, I, I can't be memorizing all your last names. <laughs> uh, DTR, my man, they brought him in. And the great thing about it is now you look at it. You got Josh Dobbs, you got him, and you got uh, you, you you got Deshaun Watson. Of course, these guys don't have. It's a nice quarterback room. They don't have the same skill sets as Deshaun Watson at that highest level. But guess what? If you are now looking at this 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 mix in, in four guys, it ain't a Jacoby Brissett Deshaun Watson discrepancy. I can run the same offense. These guys are mobile. They can move their legs. They can move the pocket. They can all improvise. And so now, 
if one of them goes down, guess what? The game don't stop. We still running the same offense. And what happened, I think they made a conscious effort of saying, we loved what Jacoby Brissett was able to give to us. But the offense from those 11 games to the six games was night and day. And we saw how we took a step back. We want to have continuity. So all our guys are similar height, similar weight, similar skill set. And so if one, something happens, we run our program regardless. This is what we run. Yeah, I like him as a player a lot. Um, I, I don't know that you, if you wait much longer, you're not going to get he, what I like about him is he's, he's comes from a, a, a program that he's played in big. It's games a big time before. program. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather go that route than, you know, a yeah. McNeese state right. or yeah. North Dakota state where you're like, yeah, but what was the competition they were playing against five years? At least this guy, he was playing a lot and he was playing against really good teams. The USC UCLA game. I don't know if you guys watched it this I watched year. That, yep. I mean that that alone. Crazy. Game. I just remember thinking at the time, whoever gets this kid's going to get a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I never in a million years thought it would be us. So I'm glad it is. Uh, the last two picks, Cameron Mitchell is interesting. He's a corner from Northwestern. Um, Teammate of Greg Newsom. Played with Newsom at Northwestern, and because Newsom was a home run, yeah, I still think Newsom was one of the better draft picks of this regime. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Emerson as well. So I'm not even going to question this pick. Um, I think they've proven that they can they can draft defensive backs. They know what they're looking at a for. high percentage. They know what they're looking for. So in they, DBs. They got, I think they got them another one here. And then lastly, um, they got the big offensive lineman from Ohio State. Yeah. And when I say big, I'm pretty nope, sure. No, before we get to Dewan, they also took Luke Weifler, the no, that, center that, from Ohio State. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 We'll get to Dewan Jones in a sec. I have a read before that. Jason and G, real quick thoughts on the Mitchell and Weifler picks, and then we'll do a read, then we'll get to Dewan Jones. All right. I, I, you know, Mitchell. Depth, go ahead. Depth, um, slot, he could play slot. He could play special teams. Um, I think it was a, a reverse <gasps> Jedi move, mind move, right? Hey, we could graph any corner in the world, right? Well, who you want to bring in? Well, I, you know, Greg Newsom has been mad a little bit. Let's bring <laughs> his boy in, right? <laughs> yeah. So now he comes in, and now he has this guy there, and now he's going to tell him, hey, man, if you want to make this team, bro, you got to get on these special teams. You got to learn to be versatile. You play inside and outside. And, and, and quite as kept, that's what he should be telling himself. So I think this is it works two birds with one stone. It's always good to get a familiar face in the room. Weipler, I thought would have went higher. He was early. He came out early. I think if he would have stayed another year, he could have actually been rated higher and been a third round, maybe even a third, fourth round pick. Um, I like what he is, but he, he's more of a project. But I do think that that move signifies that Nick Harris might be not on this roster as well. Yeah, um, you sign well, Ethan's potions. This guy only plays center, right? And Nick Harris can play a little bit of guard. He does some things too. So I think this move. That's but he's a, a he's a seventh round pick. A, though. I mean, but, but yeah, that's Nick, a, Nick you're was, not afraid to cut a seventh round. No, pick. but yeah. I, but I think this is. I mean, let's face it. We thought Harris was going to be in the starter. Right. I, I don't think, think. I don't think. I think this is a camp battle. I, I think this is. That. I you think do. this is a camp battle. I think Nick's on this team. I think Weipler's probably on the practice squad. Yeah. He's one of those guys. He's a depth. Uh, they did expand practice. You know, the, you can hold more guys on the practice squad now. So. We'll wait and see. Can, can either of you remember? I can't. A time when the Browns drafted two Buckeyes in one draft? No, no, we don't draft Buckeyes. I don't think we've ever done that. Yeah, it's rare. And what's funny is that Pittsburgh has made a history of drafting Buckeyes. Yep. And they've almost all been home run hit uh, yep. picks. Yep. Guys that have helped them win Super Bowls. 
while we have notoriously stayed away from Buckeyes. I don't understand it. I don't it, it either. Make, and I, I mean, the Browns, I was with Phil Savage when Phil was here and Phil was in Columbus watching film with uh, Trestle was the coach at the time. So it's not like, like they are there and they do scout them and they do watch film, but they don't, they don't know that, but they don't take Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh loves big 10 guys. You know, yeah. they, I, I knew they were going to draft Porter when the second round started. I just knew they were going to do it. It made perfect sense. I was surprised that they didn't trade the pick. I was surprised. Really? Just because I think there was a lot of interest in it. Yeah. Uh, and for them to hold on to it, I don't know. I was a little surprised. I think that the temptation to draft uh, a Joey Porter again yeah. was, was too, much <laughs> too much to overcome. I think they set and they a really had a high. to think about it, yeah, too. Yeah, I think they set a really high price. Yeah. And if someone was going to come up and meet it. And I no love Porter at Penn State. I was stunned when I heard that he had just one interception during his career there. He plays with a chip. Yeah. Plays a lot like his dad did. Yeah. He's all over the field. I think it's a, I think it's his a bad fit for that. His dad was a beast. His dad was, I hated. Oh. Whenever the Browns had to go against the Steelers, you knew you had to find was 55. Yep. You knew you had to find him because he was going to be around the ball every time. Okay, we're going to circle back to Dewan Jones in a second, but you want to yes, do a read Yes, I got to read real quick, then we're going to talk about Dewan Jones and where he fits in on this offensive line, especially some other moves on the O-line the Browns have made. But it's a great time to remind the good people out in the world that the USFL is back. Professional football is going on as we speak. You don't have to wait for the preseason of the NFL. The USFL is in Canton. $10 tickets. It is phenomenal family fun for everyone. Check them out at USFL. How Pittsburgh do? How'd our boy Boogie do? Our guy Boogie got his first win and had a fumble recovery this week. Oh, nice. So there you the go. The Maulers officially on the board. Boogie uh, on the highlight reel for the Pittsburgh Maulers. There we you go. You don't just call them the Maulers. They don't have a city. They're just the Maulers. Yeah, let's keep them the Maulers. The he's our guy Maulers. Let's claim them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, with that, let's talk about Dewan Jones, yeah. Jed Wills, Jack Conklin, and the Browns tackle situation. They As picked you up alluded Wills. to, this guy's a giant. Yeah, I think he'll be the biggest player in the NFL. If I'm not mistaken, will there be anyone bigger than than Dewan Jones, guys? I was trying to get the measurables on him. I, was uh, he six, six eight, eight, six, three, eight three, three seventy four? Yeah, three seventy five. I don't know that there's a bigger player I, in the NFL. I, I'm not gonna give you my. We're not gonna talk grades specifically, but this elevated my thought process of what the Browns was doing because for once they actually did what most conventional GMs think about. They're like, man, this guy, let's look at his, let's look at his ability. He's a guy who's, who's a basketball player, former basketball player, right? And he's not a like soft basketball player, or he's just out there to take space. No, the guy has feet work. The guy has a skill set. And on top of it, they would have never taken a guy like this in the past. They would have never, never thought about drafting a guy like this. Um, to me, he reminds me a lot of Orlando Brown Jr. And Orlando Brown Jr., a lot of people don't look at the mismatch. Look there. at just get up out of it. Just, just. <laughs> it looks like Andy Reid in the punt pass. I mean, it's Toledo. I mean, that was Toledo. It was Toledo, but, but <laughs> I mean, that might have been Mr. Irrelevant that he was blocking yeah, there. I don't know. You, yeah, he, uh, he, he, look, he, he dwarfs all people. He, do, he's like, he, he blots out the sky. Like, he, remember, it was 300. Cersei's was it's like, Dewan Jones eclipse. <laughs> My arrows will blot out the sky. He's, this, fast. he's he a beast. He didn't allow a single sack, did he? Last he year? wouldn't even allow pressures. It's incredible. Uh, to me, I look at it like this. If you can get somebody with, with that, that, that ball of clay that he is, and you can say, okay, let me go ahead and work with Bill Callahan for a year. That's what excites yep. me. Let me go ahead and get you yeah, money. That's what excites me. We, gonna put, we, we might even put a red shirt on him. When he get into the minutiae and start working that technique, 
start understanding. Man, I'm going to tell you what. This dude got the ability to play right tackle and left tackle, in my opinion. And he may take three or four leaps because of his just natural ability. You can't teach long arms like that. He'll lock out on you from here. And because who's teaching him? Yeah. Like, he's got the guru. He's got yeah. the best ever to do it. And he makes Orlando Pace look small. <laughs> I, I never thought that, that was a thing. I never but thought that was a thing. But he does. I mean, it's, I, I think of all of the picks, uh, it's interesting because the Browns had to make a decision by today, and they've made the decision. They're going to pick up the option on Jed Wills. So he's going to be here making $14 million this year and next year. But because you have versatility with Jones, you could put him at right tackle yep. for a couple of years. And if Jill's, uh, if Jill's, if, if Jed Wills it doesn't develop into the number 10 overall pick that we thought he would, by then you've got two years under your belt with Jones at right tackle. Maybe he becomes your long-term answer at left tackle. Is that what the Browns are thinking here, Jace? I mean, I saw this as the Jack Conklin replacement. I think, I think Jed Wills is going to be in Cleveland for a really long time. You do? Yeah, I do. I, and, you know, people – and I even said it last year, sort of Duke a knee-jerk. I, I fell into G's camp of, well, you know, as Wills out of here next year. And people who know offensive line play a lot more than me say his good plays are, are good. His bad plays are awful, and they're more recognizable. And I'm talking about Jed. Obviously, sure. we, we've all seen his bad. Well, Joe Thomas said the same thing. Yeah. Well, there's one guy who knows a lot more <laughs> yeah. about offensive line And play. he also said, where are you going to go and find a replacement? That's, and you know, and that's, that's why Jack Conklin's back. We thought Jack was going to retire. I really did. And then he signed up to a four-year extension. Yeah, that was – But I'm still, I'm still trying to sort of wrap my head around. But well, he won't see the end of that. He game. won't. And yeah. that's the supply and demand of the position. And that's why if they're re-signing Conklin – Jed Wills ain't going anywhere just because of the of how much it costs to, to get these guys and yeah. how difficult it is. It but, was a savvy move, though, because uh, one of the things that we had to keep in mind is that if he did get to uh, a year, if the Browns hadn't picked it up, and let's say he takes that leap that they're waiting for him yeah. to take. If he takes that leap, then you got to franchise him and I think the franchise ballpark number is around $20 Mike, million? Mike said they had $23 million. It's $23, 23 million. Numbers, exactly. So you say, you know, yeah, you're betting that he's going to continue to develop, and right. why not with your offensive line coach right. and Bill Callahan? So if he continues to develop, maybe he is here along. I don't know why they waited till deadline day. To, I don't know, but it was never a question. They were always going well, to was, pick it up. It was reported weeks ago that they were going. It to was this. always going to happen. Yeah. Why they waited till I, mean, I don't know. I, you had your bet. Like like look, I t look. I'm I'm all for the money. I'm all for spending all of it. Like uh, you, it's a smart move. Like, okay, if I'm going to give you 14. It's just 14, you know, for a top 10 pick or whatever. Now, here's the here's the great part about why I love bringing Jones in. Because now, I'm going to be – it's something to be said for turning around and seeing a man of that size in your room. Yeah. Right, up, right behind you, like, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm trying to get it. Like, all that – like, see, Jed Wills, I wouldn't even say – I wouldn't even say it's his bad plays. That his bad plays was a lack of consistency and a lack of motor and a lack of, of hustle and wanting to go get it. You don't stop. Like, that's the cardinal sin. Like, like here's, I'm going to say this. He wasn't doing that when Nick Saban was doing it. Nick Saban don't play that. All right. that stopping in the middle of the play and I, you just let a guy to lose because you didn't know what to do. No, he would have done that once or twice and, under, he, under no, that regime uh -uh. and he would have been on the he, bench. He's been, he been sitting beside me. Now, here's the great thing about it. Now, you got a dude that's coming in like that. 
and you know he played for a top-notch organization, a top-notch uh, uh, school, and you got Bill Callahan as a guy that's teaching him, he better come out here and do his thing. He better come out and do his thing, because yeah. guess what? He's sitting right behind him. Like, hey, I, hey you, Conklin, go ahead and get hurt. You know you be hurt half the time. Conklin, go ahead. Jed Wills, that you better get your ankles wrapped. <laughs> double wrap, double wrap them ankles, bro. Because now we got some, we got some competition in here. I like to pick. Um, I mentioned that there's no linebacker that was drafted, or uh, <laughs> still no backer. I, I'm gonna go back to that. Um, so I'm looking at the list of linebackers that the Browns have coming back next year, and it's thin, guys. They need one more. They need one more. I, what I think they lack that they don't have. I saw Devin White wants to be traded. Devin White, the Buccaneers linebacker. Yeah, yeah, that was a while ago. He's gonna make twenty million. There's the, the Browns essentially have no chance of fitting that's into their salary. Cap. Well, he's going to, but not not this coming year, right? Well, it's his fifth year option. He's a fifth overall pick, so is he making? So let me let good me good money. Do you, do you know? I, do you, do we you talked about it when it happened. You did. I'll find his exact salary it, for the upcoming year. Hopefully. I was I was hoping that the Browns would do something and go out and get a player of his ilk. Is Reggie Ragland still of this squad? Twelve million this year, by the way. Yeah. Okay. That's well. It's better than twenty million. Uh, I know. Oh, wait, real quick, G. Real quick, before we move on. Um, no, Ragland's not on the roster, right? Ragland's on the roster, but is, in terms of the Jed Wills discussion, Jason alluded to him being here long term at left tackle. Do you two, G and J, do you guys think Jed Wills is the long term tackle, or is Dewan Jones a guy who you think eventually moves into that spot if he develops as a? I, I can. I'm not listen. Just based on, just based on watching it, right? I'm not a big Jed Wills like fan. Like I'm not a fan of his his. The way Jed Wills has to play, he don't know it yet. Jed Wills feel like he can play at a certain level and speed because he's just that talented and he get that off. That's not true. He's not like. The, the, like the Orlando Paces of the world, the Jonathan Ogdens of the world, uh, 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 you know, those guys, the Anthony Munoz, those dudes are physically, Joe Thomas, those dudes are physically gifted. They have very low, they have long arms, very low body They're weight. They're also very tactical. Great. They, they, had, they were tacticians. They were tacticians. He's not a tactician. Well, you also mentioned some Hall of Famers there. Hey, he, I did. <laughs> Now, he's did. not. Yeah, we're not going to confuse him. We're, as, we're not, as a Hall. <laughs> he's not. A, he's not. A t- if he would just play hard every snap, he could be a fine pro. Joe. Yeah. Joe said fine. something that was interesting. Joe said, when when he realizes that he's lost his man or that he's that he's not sure what to do, he stopped. He just stands around. Yeah, and and jo- I think yeah. Joe said, just go hit somebody. Right. You can't, you right. Can't do that. Don't ever be caught on film going like this. Right. Where to go? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Too many times. Do something. Yeah. And and I I kind of think that to your point, Jay, these guys don't fall out of trees. Thank God they'd cause earthquakes. <laughs> they don't fall out of trees. They're not easy to find. It's probably the second or third most most important position in the sport. Yeah. You're Deshaun Watson's bodyguard, and you have got to make sure that you're not letting guys get free releases on you. And it happened too many times against with with Jed. I, I do think that. I always go back to Callahan. I just think that the talent is there. He relied on that pure size mm-hmm. and knowing that eight out of every 10 plays that he played at Alabama, he was going to win based on that. This isn't Alabama anymore. If it is, you're playing Georgia every week. Mm-hmm. And the worst defensive end 
in the NFL is up to up to beating you if you if you take a nap on a play. So I think that if Callahan can light a fire under him and get him going, maybe he can live up to that number 10 overall pick. But right now, long term, like when you think past two years, if he continues to look just like he has his previous three, I don't I don't think he's the long term answer. But again, who is? Who, uh, who is? And maybe maybe you'll know that you've got two years now to reevaluate him. You've evaluated him based on three, and you've decided he's earned two more. These next two are prove-it years. Because if he doesn't show improvement, and he just continues to be a guy there, I don't know that the Browns are comfortable saying, we're okay with him being our third most important player in our franchise. I don't know that they're okay with that. I just He just has to finish play. He just... You know, he has, hopefully that turns on a lot of people, a lot of people, maybe his ceiling is average. Maybe his ceiling maybe is. is above average. And Who be, knows? Because where he was drafted in the 10th slot, we have certain we expectations. Have certain, but Maybe we have to come to the realization that he's not that guy. Mm-hmm. He's never going to be that guy. And if he's not, maybe you move him to right tackle. And, you know, if, if DeWan develops and shows the ability to play left tackle, maybe you just put Wells, uh, uh, put Wills at right tackle. And put Jones over at left tackle. You got call some it a op- day. You got but some I, I do think now. you've got two nice bookends yeah. that uh, every team wants to have. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.